0: Hello friends, Um, this is today's message. I've titled it, Are You Tackled By or Tackling Temptation? kind of reminds me of one of my first trips down to Angola Prison in Louisiana a number of years ago. I happened to ask one of the inmates how he ended up there. And he says, well, Doc, I was just walking along one day and sin just tackled me. Well, that's kind of a funny thing, but you know, some people feel like they're tackled by sin rather than tackling it. But so today I want to just examine what one verse says that deals with the subject of temptation. This single verse is so powerful that if you'll remember it during a time of temptation, and if you'll apply it during a time of temptation, it'll help you win the battle. First of all, you need to remember it is not a sin to be tempted. The verse we're going to look at today is 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. In other words, everyone is tempted. No one is immune. And the temptations you face are not unique. Others have faced the very same temptations. Now, I want to make it clear exactly what temptation is and what it is not. Some people would define temptation as the opportunity to do something wrong. But that's not it at all. Temptation is not having just the opportunity to do something wrong. It's having the desire to do something wrong. And there's a difference. I mean, two men could be walking down the street together and pass a a beer joint or a pool hall or a movie theater or a house of ill repute or a bingo parlor or a Democratic Party fundraising. Well, I guess I shouldn't have said that. But you know, they'd be walking down past who knows what. Now, one man might walk by without giving it a second thought. The other might feel a strong urge to go in and partake. Both had the same opportunity, but only one was tempted. Experiencing the desire to do something wrong is temptation, but being tempted is not in and of itself a sin. Everyone is tempted, even Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. You see, friends, Jesus experienced temptation just like you experienced it. When you see a a movie like The Last Temptation of Christ or King of Kings or The Greatest Story Ever Told, the temptation scenes typically show Jesus kind of stoically resisting the devil without any emotional effort on his part. I think these movies miss the drama of the biblical account. I mean, the temptation that Jesus faced was real temptation. Luke 4 states that Jesus was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days, and he had become hungry. Every time I read that story, I kind of go, duh, well, sure. So what did Satan do? Well, he tempted him with food. Tell the stone to become bread, he said. And understand, Jesus was hungry. He was tempted to do it, but he didn't give in. Temptation is inevitable, so when you're tempted to commit sin, don't think that there's something wrong with you. Being tempted does not indicate a flaw in your character. It just indicates you're human. Being tempted is not a sin. It's a fact of life. And way too many Christians lose the battle of temptation because they think there is something wrong with them for being tempted in the first place. But friends, that's not true. Just because you experience a desire to do something wrong doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It's not a sin to be tempted. But I know some people say, well, wait a minute. Jesus said anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in in his heart. That's Matthew 5.28. And they go on, and they say, well, doesn't that mean that thinking it is as bad as doing it? Well, yes, it does. I mean, there's certainly such a thing as sinful thinking. I mean, you can be guilty of adultery without being in the presence of another person. You can also be guilty of murder without picking up a weapon. But understand, Jesus is not talking about a momentary impulse. He's He is referring to a prolonged, deliberate, lustful, or hateful thoughts. That is not mere temptation, it's sin. Let me explain a little bit further. Let's say that you're at work, and you find yourself tempted to say something cruel to your co-worker. You really want to let him have it, but you don't. You bite your tongue, you reject the thought, you ignore the desire, you go on about your business. So you didn't sin then. On the other hand, if you spend hours rehearsing in your mind all the things you would like to say to that person, you've crossed the line and are committing a sin with your thoughts. So what's the difference between a tempting thought and a sinful thought? I would say it's duration. How long is the thought in your mind before you reject it? I believe it was Martin Luther who said you cannot prevent birds from flying overhead, but you can prevent them from building a nest in your hair. See, remember being tempted is not a sin. Everyone is tempted. When you're tempted, reject the thought as quickly as possible, and it will lose its power. Second, no sin is irresistible. Henry Louis Mankin defined temptation as an irresistible force at work on a movable body. Now, many people feel that way, but that's not the case. Temptation may be inevitable, but giving in to temptation isn't. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, I just couldn't help myself, or it was more than I could bear, or I was pushed to the breaking point, or I reached the point of no return? Friends, I hate to say it, but those are all lies the devil feeds us. He tries to make us think that sin is inevitable, unavoidable, and irresistible, and that we have to cave in. But that's simply not true. Paul said in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. The fact is, you are stronger than you realize, and God's grace is greater than we often give him credit for. I mean, many people think that storms like hurricanes or the El Nino will inevitably destroy every building in their path. However, that's inaccurate. For example, the state of Florida has instituted strict building codes in high-risk areas. Now, these codes often increase the cost of the building, and many people try to cut corners, but the fact is that more often than not, buildings that are built according to code can withstand the storm. After Hurricane Andrew, for example, hit Florida, one man whose house was the only one left standing in the neighborhood was asked why it didn't get destroyed with all the others. He said, I can't speak for them. I can only speak for myself. I built this house according to code. I laid the foundation according to the specs. I built the supports like it said to. When it called for a certain type of nail or a certain type of lumber, I used it, and my house is still standing. Isn't that a coincidence? But you know, in the same way, you don't have to fall every time a little storm of temptation comes your way. Through the power of God's grace, you can experience victory over that. You can actually tackle it. If you fortify your spiritual life with prayer and Bible study and fellowship and service, you'll find that temptation really doesn't have the power to destroy that it once had. Temptation is not irresistible. You can win the battle. The third truth is uh, to remember is that God will help you resist temptation. Sometimes temptation can be a lonely experience. You feel like you're on your own. You feel vulnerable. You feel like there's no one there to help you. But remember, God has promised to give you the strength to overcome any temptation you face. You can win the battle, and you don't have to do it on your own. He promises he'll help. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, the word translated way out is ekbasis, and it is defined as a means of clearance or successful endurance. The idea this word projects is that of an army apparently surrounded and then suddenly seeing an escape route to safety. This is what God does for us in the midst of temptation. It may seem that there's no way out, that the sin is stronger than we are, that we are powerless in its grip, but if we look to God for deliverance, he will show us a way out. It's important to remember that God is not the source of temptation. He is the solution. I want you to listen to what uh, James had to say in uh, James chapter 1, 13 to 14. He said, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Now, James goes on to say, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. See, there is a crucial window of time when you're first faced with temptation that you have the opportunity to resist. When you first experience temptation's lure, that's the time to turn to God for help. He's promised a way out. You don't have to fall in head first. With his help, you can escape every time. That's his promise to you. Now, some of you might be saying or thinking, are you saying that we can become perfect and live above sin? No, uh, I know I'm certainly not there yet. <clears throat> but 1 Corinthians 10.13 certainly takes the wind out of our tendency to make excuses. That verse teaches us that we can't blame our sin on God or the devil or circumstances or other, another person or anything else. We are responsible for our own actions because God has promised always to provide a way of escape. Yes, temptation is a fact of life. <clears throat> it never goes away. Even after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the Bible said that Satan Satan left him until an opportune time. So, friends, as long as your heart is beating, you will face temptation. But remember this, you don't have to lose the battle. God will help you win. He'll provide a way out. So you can have victory over temptation. But what happens when you lose the battle? What then? Well, we can find one of the answers in 1 John chapter 2, 1 and 2. It reads as follows. If anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yes, friends, you can win the battle against temptation, but even when you don't, God is faithful. He forgives and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. God be with you as you tackle it and meet it head on by the power of the Spirit.